A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny System, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny System with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, celebrating the past, present, and future of the greatest saga ever told. I'm Ken Abzuck, and welcome to the Data Pit, where Force Center takes a fast-paced, closer look at the characters, performers, and important moments inside the story and behind the scenes. Today, we'll be talking about Aiden Versio, a Last Jedi comedy legend, the power of cute, and we'll look at this week in Star Wars history. But before we begin, we want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you in part by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. Get a free audiobook like Shadowfall by Alexander Freed and support the show in the process. Let's take a closer look at Aiden Versio and her accomplishments, her place in the story, and the pivotal point in her own journey. 
Portrayed by Janina Gavankar, Aiden Versio made her debut in the 2017 Battlefront 2 campaign story mode written by Mitch Dyer and Walt Williams. Spoilers for that game, if two-year-old spoilers are still needed. We don't want to assume, though, so spoilers indeed. Yeah, the story mode was short and quick, not something the writers wanted, not something that anyone involved with the story wanted. Uh, but they had to do it for business reasons, and even the most passionate fans of the story and character are often heard to say that Aiden Versio's switch from deadly Imperial agent to rebel sympathizer was fast. And yes, it was fast. But as always, it's the why of the switch that remains important to the story and resonates with fans. Let's look at some of the data and accomplishments of Aiden Versio. She was born on Vardos and is literally a daughter of the Empire. In fact, the Empire is essentially the family business. Her father is Admiral Garrick Versio, a tough and calloused leader for the Imperial Security Bureau, and her mother, Zahe Versio, was a great artist for the Coalition for Progress and died when Aiden was younger because, you know, mothers are always dying when our heroes are younger in Star Wars. To say Aiden was raised to serve the Empire is an understatement. Her mother actually used the image of Aiden in one of her more well-known propaganda posters titled Young Imperials Can Reach for the Stars. Thanks, Mom. Put it on the refrigerator. So it was literally part of her upbringing. Here are some of Aiden's accomplishments. Aiden was a top graduate of the Future Imperial Leaders Military Preparatory School, mouthful on Bardos, before going on to the Imperial Academy. She rose to the rank of Senior Lieutenant and served on the first Death Star. She served in the Battle of Yavin, taking out Red Ford John D. Brannon, which is the first credited TIE fighter of a Rebel snub fighter kill in the battle. Yes, we know Jack Porkins lost his life before that, but that was to a gun turret. R.I.P. Porkins. Following the security breach on Scarif that directly led to the destruction of the Death Star, Admiral Versio formed the Inferno Squad, and Aiden took command of the unit after a little contest by her father. So touching. She was played as an unshakable, calm warrior by Janina Gavankar, who told Andy Gutierrez on the Star Wars show back in 2017 that this decision was in large part taken from her own grandfather, who was a general in the military. After joining the rebellion, she helped rescue Han Solo, a bearded one at that, served in the Battle of Jakku, and closer to the events of The Last Jedi, she stole the schematics on the First Order Dreadnoughts, helping Poe Dameron, for better or worse, take down the Fulminatrix, Rest in peace, Captain Moden Kennedy. But now let's look at the pivotal point in the life and journey of Aiden Versio. I am your commander, stand down! Aiden, our orders are clear. We are to recover the Protectorate Gleb alone. Things have changed. Look around you, man. Do you even recognize the Empire Del, anymore? No, please don't do this. The Just Empire's do this. job is to save civilians from things like Operation Cinder. This is the new Empire. If this is the new Empire, I want no part of it. I'm taking the orders of my commanding officer. Are these your orders? Are these your orders? Because if they are, this is treason. Yes. Then I have my lower your weapon. Defines will be the death of him. I'm with us here. 
demand of Ursula and Agent Miko have abandoned the mission they've committed treason. Understood. Aiden Versio was starting to doubt the Empire, or at least some of the decisions made by its leaders, long before the events of the Battlefront 2 campaign story mode. We highly recommend you check out the Battlefront 2 novel Inferno Squad by Christy Golden. Yet she, Aiden, continued to serve despite witnessing the destruction of Jetta City, the destruction of their own base and personnel on Scarif, and the obliteration of Alderaan. So why does Aiden leave the Empire now? Well, let's go back to the beginning. Aiden Versio is similar to the character of Ray Sloan. It's about perspective, but it's not exactly the same. Ray Sloan saw what she perceived as the Empire serving and protecting her planet, but she was looking up from her station in life, whereas Aiden, born into some level of wealth and privilege, was looking down at what the Empire was doing and only saw what she was raised to see. She reaped the benefits of a safe and secure society and never had to experience the oppression her family was helping to keep in place. Jetta City, Scarif, Alderaan. From a certain point of view, those were extreme actions taken by the Empire to help preserve itself. Aiden is one of many Imperials who did suffer losses, close personal losses at the hands of the Rebellion. It's a war, and it's real. But it wasn't until the true ways of the Empire came to her own doorstep that Aiden's view of the Empire and her own father changed forever. Operation Cinder, one of the first post-Battle of Endor chess piece moves by the now-gone Emperor, was not designed to just simply bring several planets and systems into line. It was designed to punish. It was designed to hurt. It was designed to destroy the citizens of the galaxy, even the ones that served loyally, like the people of Vardos. Sometimes you just have to feel the suffering of the galaxy and not just see it. Aiden and her future husband Del Miko, himself just fresh off in an enlightening encounter with Luke Skywalker and a fun yet sometimes frustrating level of the game, oh those bugs, turn their backs on the Empire and flee. Though they weren't exactly running to join the Rebellion in their fight, the decision had been made. Aiden Versio, daughter of the Empire, highly skilled Imperial Enforcer, had walked away when she could no longer ignore the truth. And what do you do in these moments? What choice do you make? Many of these key choices, what we call the pivotal points in the Star Wars saga, are similar in their themes, similar in the direction they point. But it is when you ask about the why of the moment and look at the micro level that you find the unique journeys of these characters, journeys that just might connect to you over here in this galaxy. I love Aiden's courage to put her life on the line and follow what her conscience told her was right, says Force Center listener Kai. It went against what she was raised to believe, what her friends and family believe. But she knew right from wrong when she saw it and took action. It shows even more courage to speak up and lead others to follow that change. It was very inspiring and helpful to reflect on today. Thanks, Kai. The character of Aiden Versio died in action shortly before the evacuation of Dakar. But her story remains a celebrated part of the sequel era. As General Leia said, she was a complicated woman, but the galaxy was far better with her in it. Yep, yep. There are no small parts in Star Wars, just great actors in the roles. Let's look at the minor characters and the big names in this galaxy we love. 
In 2017's The Last Jedi, the First Order is full of young, brash leaders, officers, and soldiers looking to conquer the galaxy with their new breed of hate and fear. But along with these misguided youths, and begrudgingly behind them, are a group of battle-hardened souls for the Empire's glorious past trying to oppress the galaxy in spite of their young First Order counterparts. Enter Idris and Peavy, captain of the First Order resurgent class Star Destroyer The Finalizer. Peavy tried his best to help General Armitage Hux, the offspring of another Hux Peavy thought even less of and considered to be a madman. But there was nothing Peavy, or in the end, anyone could do to help General Hux. Peavy was portrayed by veteran British actor and comedian Adrian Edmondson. Ryan Johnson specifically cast him in the role of Captain Peavy because of his love of Edmondson's work in the seminal BBC shows The Young Ones and Bottom. Edmondson's skills and attitude helped him build the ongoing story of Peavy and Hux, with Johnson saying in a 2018 article by James White on Empire, if you just keep your eyes on him during any scene he's in, it's an entirely different movie because he's always doing some kind of eye roll. Edmondson was a staple in the British comedy scene in the 80s and beyond, often alongside his creative partner, the late Rick Mayall. He also married the absolutely fabulous Jennifer Saunders in 1985. The Last Jedi was not the first time Edmondson was around a project under the Lucasfilm banner. In 1995, Edmondson was cast in the adventures of young Indiana Jones, Treasure of the Peacock's Eye, which means at some point he got to see Rick McCallum chew gum. <laughs> Hey, Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Olive and June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at oliveandjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at oliveandjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget, Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you, and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. to the data pit on four center the data pit is something new here on four center something we're trying out and it's going to be built upon segments little bits of information about star wars the characters in it the people who make it and this is one of our new segments called thank the makers dare to be cute the worst we could do is get criticized for it. That George Lucas quote dominates page 494 of the Coffee Table Book to End All Coffee Table Books, Star Wars Archives, episodes 4, 5, and 6 by Paul Duncan. If you can get your hands on that book, I mean, literally, if you can lift it, it's heavy, do so. It's an amazing look at those movies and a lot of wonderful behind-the-scenes quotes and information and just uh, dialogue between the creators can be found in that excellent book put together by Paul Duncan. I love this quote by George Lucas. Dare to be cute. The worst we could do is get criticized for it. There's two great meanings to this quote for me. Number one, George understands the power of cute to get our attention, but knows that many in his stories, like many in the real world, are always going to underestimate those that they see and judge only on their appearance. You're cute, that's all you got. 
Oof, big mistake by the Empire. The quote now, yes, is mostly in regards to the Ewoks, but he's gone back to it time and time again. And so has Star Wars as a whole. Characters and creatures are always having to prove themselves in the face of cute. And when you're not careful, cute can be used as a weapon against you. Just think of Dr. Aphra's cloned Tuka cats named Flufftoe, set to explode in your face when it hears the very cute detonation phrase, code word, snuggle bum, oogie, woogie. The Porgs are cute, but The Last Jedi taught us that even they're ready to join the fight. Those dazzling crystal critters, the Volptises, sure are adorable, but without them, how does the Resistance get out of that cave? And of course, yeah, those Ewoks, including those Walklings, are the leaders of the cute pack, and they helped take down an empire. The other meaning to take from this quote is that George Lucas just doesn't care about what you think. He's going to make his story and take the risks he wants to take. His little movie-making business may have become a giant multi-winged company, but George will always be the maverick concerned with telling his stories. Continuous changes and all. Yes, I bet you have. My clunky. <laughs> Now, while the modern era of Star Wars is no longer just one creator doing what he wants to do, there are boardrooms and boardroom meetings in which they still have to hit those four quadrants, be concerned with overseas markets, and can be, yes, can be affected by bad box office performances, there is no denying that every piece of new Star Wars storytelling has a connective thread to that spirit in this George quote. It's not just Episode 7, 8, and 9, or Rogue One and Solo. Star Wars Rebels, Star Wars Resistance, countless comics and novels, particularly those like the Aftermath series or the aforementioned Dr. Aphra, or most recently, The Mandalorian, which used perhaps the most well-received example of the power of cute with a child taking over the pop culture world. All of these stories dig their heels in on their decisions, right or wrong, just like George Lucas did. And they know like George did, that the worst thing that can happen is you'll get criticized for it. It never stopped George, and as Star Wars pushes into new territories and eras of stories and how to make those stories, it won't stop the franchise either. Thank the makers. Let's take a look what's going on this week in Star Wars history. We have a couple of Comic-Con anniversaries for the Star Wars franchise this week, July 22nd, 1976. The late, great Charlie Lippincott, Charles Lippincott, put on a slideshow at San Diego Comic-Con International a year before the film was released. As we said, he recently passed away, and when he did, we talked about him on Force Center. Everyone in the Star Wars fandom talked about him, especially George Lucas, who paid him a lot of credit for seeing the future of how to market these films, for finding its audience. And without a doubt, this was part of a big tapestry, but part of that tapestry of Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope success in 1977. It is weird to look back at Comic-Con back then, see the card tables, scant few people in attendance, compare it to now. 
And this is one of the reasons Comic-Con now, San Diego Comic-Con International now, is so big. There's a lot of things along the way. And yeah, believe it or not, you actually have to give a lot of credit to Twilight for making Comic-Con what it is these days. But it was Charlie Lippincott with Mark Hamill often at his side during this press run in July of 1976 saying, hey, stand by. It's going to be an adventure that you will not believe. Also this week, July 19th, 1997, San Diego Comic-Con International presented a 20th anniversary panel for A New Hope. It was hosted by the man with the action figures, Steve Sansweet. Now, this was in the wake of the special editions. The buzz for the forthcoming episode one was high, and thirst for any news was even higher. Sansweet and Lucasfilm didn't share any of that coveted info, but they did, for the first and only time, officially screen the Biggs Darklighter and Luke Skywalker Anchorhead Power Station scenes. You know what? Let's listen to that scene right now. I was so close, I thought I was going to fry my instruments. As it was, I busted up the Skyhopper pretty bad. Dr. Owen, <laughs> furious. He wound up grounding me for the rest of the season. You should have been there. It was fantastic. You ought to take it a little easy, Luke. <laughs> you may be the hottest bush pilot this side of Moss Eisley, but uh, those little Skyhoppers are dangerous. <laughs> Keep it up. One day, whammo. You're going to end up a dark spot on the downside of a canyon wall. Look who's talking. You've been hanging around the Starfleet so long, you've been sounding like my uncle. You know, you're getting a little soft in the city. <laughs> I've missed you, kid. Yeah, well, things haven't been the same without you, Biggs. It's been so quiet. <laughs> I didn't come back just to say goodbye. I shouldn't tell you this, but you're the only one I can trust. See, I may never come back, and I just want someone to know. What are you talking about? I made some friends at the Academy. When our frigate leaves for one of the central systems, we're going to jump ship and join the Alliance. The Rebellion? What are you doing? What are you... you got a mouth bigger than a meteor. I'm quiet, I'm quiet. Listen how quiet I am. You can barely hear me. My friend has a friend on Bestine who might help us make contact. You're crazy. You could wander around forever trying to find them. I know it's a long shot, but if I don't find them, I'll do what I can on my own. It's what we always talked about, Luke. I'm not going to wait around for the Empire to draft me into service. The rebellion is spreading, and I want to be on the side I believe in. Yeah, meanwhile, I'm stuck here. You'll get your chance to get off this rock. You're going to the Academy next term, aren't you? Not likely. I had to cancel my application. What for? My uncle needs me. Oh. No, I'm serious. The Sand people have been getting really crazy. They've even raided the outskirts of Anchorhead. Come on, Luke. Your uncle could hold off a whole colony of Sand people with one blaster. I know. But we've got almost enough evaporators to make the place pay off. I have to stay one more season. I can't leave him now. What good's all your uncle's work if the Empire takes it over? You know they've already started to nationalize commerce and the central systems? It won't be long before your uncle's just a tenant, slaving for the greater glory of the Empire. No, that's not going to happen here. You said yourself the Empire won't even mess with this old rock. Things can change. I wish I was going. Are you going to be around long? No. Leaving in the morning. Hmm. I guess I won't see you. Maybe someday. I'll keep a lookout. Yeah. I'll be at the Academy next season, and then who knows? I won't be drafted into the Imperial Starfleet, that's for sure. Well, take it easy, buddy. You'll always be the best friend I've ever had. So long, Luke. 
this scene was legendary and we hadn't even seen it then it started to come out we've talked about this a lot but it was for many the first wait a minute what there's scenes in movies that don't make it in you're seven or eight if you're me reading a book in your school library margaret harlow elementary school in royal grande california going wait that's the x-wing pilot from the end of the movie he's in a cool cape and leather pants in the tattooing heat right here what's going on so this scene grew and grew in our minds and figures started to come out uh paying homage to luke with the uh, binoculars looking to the sky the the white floppy hat uh the legend of biggs grew alex damon of star wars explained showed up eventually to fall in love with this character and share his passion for uh, and it's a, a well-placed well-earned passion i i love big dark ladder too Listening to this scene now, and really focused, focusing on it now for this episode, it's, just, it's interesting to watch because it's done in a different style, not just written by the way it's performed. Even Mark Hamill, and it's early on, maybe he hadn't found what he wanted to do with the Luke character, Skywalker or Starkiller, doesn't matter at this point. Uh, it is almost not real world in the terms of 1977, but almost as if it was a scene that belonged in American graffiti. And maybe that's why it didn't work. George wanted certain styles of acting, performances. Just ask him about the dialogue and the performances in the prequels. We get it, George. And again, there's those decisions that George likes to make. Luke and Biggs had a interesting relationship, brotherly relationship, though uh, there's a couple seconds. I don't... Um, he Biggs does have those leather pants. He's the older brother in this scenario. He's got the cool mustache, but the cool hair, and definitely again that cool cape. I don't think the scene necessarily works in the movie. Deleted scenes, yep, usually are deleted for a reason. And uh, seeing Luke and his friends at the Anchorhead Power Station is fun now. I consider it canon, and I think in a way I consider this scene canon. Maybe it's more of a weird space between actual canon and our own head canon but i think at some point at some point this kind of conversation happened uh, luke definitely is aware of the rebellion even though some of the way they're talking about it in in this scene the imperial academy and then maybe you'll get drafted into the starfleet maybe that doesn't necessarily guarantee that some of that might change it might even have changed in george's mind by empire or return of the jedi so it's different i i definitely can feel that it's different and the scene itself might not belong but i not just for luke and Biggs being reunited and hey oh my gosh it's the guy we saw at the beginning of the movie there's a connection there you can get the connection with a couple lines of dialogue we get that Biggs and Luke are connected especially after the special editions uh, where now we have even a little bit more and I too like many remember Garvin Dave Drace telling Luke he remembered his father I guess that doesn't count either I understand and I digress. Back to this scene. I don't know, again, if it truly belongs now in the story, in the movie, and that there might need to be some changes, little details, but I do love this scene. I do love what it represents for Luke, just wanting to be a part of something and feeling that it was so far away. His words, he doesn't believe it. 
Biggs is probably giving him realistic advice. And I do find it interesting that, yeah, he's probably right, even though the Tuscan Raiders pretty vicious in their own way and, and have their beliefs of, of who came first in their land. There's some facts there on their side. Uh, but it's probably true that um, Uncle Owen could uh, could hold off the Tuscan Raiders with just a blaster, which I think could factor into uh, like uh, Kenobi a little bit later on. But none of that information is finding Luke right now, and it doesn't find him until after the twin sons set on his old life. He starts to believe it a little bit later on, and that's why probably in, in the end this scene didn't belong in the movie, but it belongs in our hearts. And 20 years ago this week, it was on display like it had never been before, and unless you count today, never will be again. That all happened this week in Star Wars history. Thanks for listening to the Data Pit on Force Center. Force Center is me, Ken Navsok, and Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. Follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Like our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe on YouTube. Get Force Center merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. But as always, the best way to support is keep listening and tell a friend. We'll see you next time down in the Data Pits. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.